Hey folks, welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire Podcast and the Mindset Matters Edition, where I'm joined by my wife and Olympic mental performance coach, Stephanie Hanlon-Francie. Together, Stephanie and I engage in a conversation about different aspects of what we refer to as Mindset Matters. We believe that we're living in and through one of the most impactful global events in history. And let's face it, few have trained for or are equipped to deal with the life that is unfolding before them. The need to pivot in your business, your career, or perhaps deal with shifting family dynamics lies before many. We hope to inspire you to ask yourself questions or pause to consider how you view your world, your life. We'll invite you to check in on where you are on your journey, and are you still clear on your intended destination, or has it changed? Join us for this in our series of Mindset Matters. Listen in, enjoy. Hey folks, welcome to the Everyday Millionaire Podcast. This is a Mindset Matters edition, and as always, I'm joined by the lovely, beautiful, talented, really smart, Stephanie Hanlon, Francie, my wife. Hey, honey. Hi, Patrick. (laughs) Hey, so we've uh, got lots to talk about in this particular episode. This is Mindset. What did we decide to call it? Mindset History History Matters. Matters. Yes, it is. But before we get there, you just completed, uh, you had a whole bunch of teams, U.S., I guess, and Canada. And Canada. Yeah, they were at major competitions, and you did well. You were uh, celebrating a little bit, so... Yeah. yeah. So I just got back from Nashville, Tennessee, where our three U.S. teams uh, again competed for their national title, and and they achieved one, two, three, which means they're all qualified for the Olympic Games. And in Ottawa, we have uh, the second and third team, and also the fifth team. So I would say it was a very successful uh, national championship weekend. You know, what's interesting about that, and for those who don't really necessarily know, we make a lot of assumptions about our listeners because Stephanie, within the RAIN community, within the community called the Real Estate Investment Network, she's been on stage many times, but I want to just give some insights into that because it does apply to what we're talking about here and uh, around mindset. Of course, you're working with uh, Olympic and world-class athletes, but you did something, or you and your team, uh, Marie-France Dubre and uh, Patrice Lausanne. And Roman Agenauer. And Roman, they and you, you guys built a school where athletes from around the world who compete against each other, literally like four medals, they also train together. And they fight for titles. And they fight for titles. Yet they're friends. They dine together. They train together. They applaud each other. And it was an interesting kind of conversation when, you know, many years ago when it all started, which was if you're the best in a country, so you're a Canadian champion, you're a French champion, so you're the best in France, you're the best even in the U.S., well, then who do you compare yourself to? How do you train? How do you up your game? You know, you don't know how you've done until you get to a major competition. So the, I guess the concept was bring all these athletes together and have them train together, um, train amongst their peers to really see and know what the benchmarks truly are. And now, how many years later is it now? Gosh, I want to say it's, Almost 12 years later. Yeah. And the past, what, six years 
is really you guys. I mean, I don't think there's a school in the world that produces as many champions as you guys do. Is that true? Or am I talking out of school? No, right now, I think currently. Um, and this is in the space. We should we should say this is in the space of ice dance. Ice dance. Yeah. yeah. So in the world of ice dance, uh, there is nobody right now. But we also don't have the ego to think that it's going to last forever, right? Mm-hmm. There, you know, we're right now in a in a peak scenario where we have world champions, we have Olympic champions, we have, uh, as a coach, Scott Moyer is one of our coaches now. He's come on board with the Ice Academy Montreal London campus, London, Ontario. Um, So we're building from within. Mm -hmm. And when you look back through the history of Ice Academy Montreal, before that it was DLH, before it was that um, Mary France and Patrice's little ice dance school in Montreal where Patch would just go and get ice from sure. the city of Montreal and, you know, the teams, uh, for example, for Denmark, it was Kate, Caitlin Good and Nick Sorensen. And I think it was Marija Romain. Uh, like it was just this little school. And as it evolved, it evolved because of the environment and the commitment to excellence. But it also evolved because there was a vision towards the future that was grounded in the past and the history of what didn't work. What didn't work in sport, what didn't work in ice dance, what didn't work in figure skating. So that's why I love the fact that we're going to have this conversation about history, about what does work and what is consistent and what does, I don't know, what does transcend, you know, society. Mm -hmm. Well, I think there's a, you know, for me, when I look at what you and your, well, what the team, what the I am team, which is the Ice Academy Montreal. Uh, Montreal. You know, what you've achieved, it really does apply to mindset. I mean, you're working with athletes. I mean, so much of that is much, even if you're looking at what's going on technically, what you look at physically, emotionally, I mean, it's so much of it is really being able to, for the athletes to support them in wrapping their mind around it and having the mindset to go through and work through the challenges, the pain, the learning, the growth, all of that is all part of it, right? Absolutely. And the best part is, is that how do you elevate yourself to compete, to train, to honor the best in the world when you know you want to be and are are the best in the world? And how do you embrace that? And how do you have dinner? Like, you know, hang out and do Thanksgiving dinner with your competitors from other other countries and then, you know, be vulnerable and be friends and and take care of each other's dogs when the other ones are on the road. Yeah, and, sure. You know, there's just, there's a, a lesson in life and a lesson in love and a lesson in what we need to do as human beings and still commit to wanting to be the best in the world and to beat each other. Like that's the thing too, is that we're training them all to win. And that's, I think what's missing right now, I think a little bit in our society is that we're, we've removed the commitment or the wanting to win and to be the best in the world. It doesn't mean that I have to squish you or to be better than, and, 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 and it has to be something negative. What if winning is about elevating everyone around us? Mm -hmm. Inspiring others. If I can do it, you can can do it, you know? And so I think that's a a fascinating concept and, and, you know, I I love it. Anyways, uh, I wanted to go, I know it's a bit of a tangent, but I wanted to uh, touch on it because I thought it was important. Number one, it's, it's really current and uh, today. (laughs) Yeah. So I know, but we, this probably won't go up for another week or so. Right. 
Anyway, so the long and the short of it is, is that mindset matters. We're talking today about mindset and history matters. And this was inspired by some of the work that I have done uh, in the past around stoicism. We've talked about it on the show a couple of times. And uh, I was listening to Ryan Holiday, who's really, you know, probably in these current times, one of a handful of guys that have really taken the Marcus Aurelius meditations and the whole thing around Stoics and uh, written books about it, dug into it, because some of the stuff gets pretty deep, and and uh, I've really enjoyed it. Now, Cheryl Maycock, who in behind the scenes of all the things that we do around Shift, you know, that coaching program or Mindset Matters, she's also the VP of Operations for the Real Estate Investment Network, but she's the one who got me turned on to this a few years ago, and she had bought me uh, the books. There's two books that come with it, which was The Daily Stoic, which is Marcus Aurelius Every day they they did a page for 365 days of you know some quote that he did and then you investigate that and then you have a journal and you journal around it it's a it's a commitment of 12 months right a full year and every day you journal in the morning and you journal at the end of the day and you wrap your mind around that Marcus Aurelius quote and it was really powerful for me because I did in fact complete it and uh, I know you know something was interesting about that I don't know I think I shared that with you is when I originally did that work part of it was that grandchildren and I think I don't know if my dad had just passed away or some story about my grandmother's diaries or something had shown up and I realized that we know so little about the journey, the history of grandparents and parents. And we hear their stories, but we don't actually have, you know, it's rare that you would come across a set of diaries from somebody. I mean, that's not a common thing. And I went, well, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, in my own journey and development and struggles and wins and all the things of it, if I had a, a, you know, if I take some of those journals, because my journals like yours, they don't necessarily make sense. But this was pretty intentional. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool to be able to do this for a year? And then at some point, you know, when I'm dead and gone, the grandkids are older and who knows, great grandchildren, whatever that might be. The point is this, is that they would have some history of this weird old grandpa Patrick. (laughs) Still weird. (laughs) Still weird. Still old. Okay. So anyways, we get into the conversation about stoicism and what that means and where that is, is that You know, the history matters because it's interesting that Marcus Aurelius, Seneca, and uh, Epictetus were, you know, let's say back in 160, 150, 180 AD, somewhere in there, a long frickin' time ago. And they wrote all of these profound things that to this day still apply. They're still relevant. They're still relevant. So, you know, Tony Robbins may be awesome and Gary Vee or whoever, you know, some of the present day gurus are. But their stuff is just stuff that is, I don't want to say, maybe it's brought up today, but it really does come from those times. Yeah, it's not regurgitated, but it is grounded in in history, uh, history and in concepts that are super thorough, well thought out. But in those times that... You know, they didn't have technology. There were wars. Like, you know, Epictetus, for example, was a slave. Yes. Can you imagine? It'd be like 
Oh my gosh! Like, what are the lessons? What like? Uh, well, well, we're going to talk about that. He actually, there's a, there's a, there's a part of the points that we want to make. These, I don't want to call these. I don't know what we call them. They're not tips. They're, but there are very specific things that Epictetus shared, and it was inspired by a video I had seen by Ryan Holiday, and I went, "Wow, this is such a great conversation, and this is work that both you and I have done, and that we've applied in our own lives, and we always try and do that. It's like you know." You know, we haven't reinvented anything. We may uh, have a look at it, but I always look at it and go, you know, am I being authentic in, am I just restating something I read or have I really applied it in my life? And that's always part of, that was part of our resistance of even doing this podcast was like, okay, there's lots of this shit out there, but you know, we take it, we apply it to our lives and we're interested in it and interested in supporting others. That's all part of our journey. And uh, so these points really are something that, uh, we can look at and say, no, this is part of our own way of being. It's not only how we coach, but it's also how we live and our thought processes. And uh, we, you know, we, I think we should stay it. We can't say it often enough. We are mere mortals that are shit shows on any given day that are working through our stuff. And uh, that's just it. But we're committed to working through our stuff. And we are. And, and, you know, I'm not afraid to Say I'm a shit show, mm-hmm. you know, and I also know that you're when... way more of a shit show than me. True, you know, that's on not, most no, days. that's not true. That's <laughs> not true. Sorry, I interrupted you. Was that's there something okay. you're going to add? No, I was just going to say that the, the lessons that we bring forward, whether they're from as far back as Marcus Aurelius and um, or or through into the Jim Rohn in the 70s and 80s, um, through to the Tony Robbins, there's there's people that have taken this journey on on and really been able to focus and help many 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 people. You know, can we do that? I don't know. You know, but can we just be authentically ourselves and and <laughs> do know, our best? Do our best, and then yeah. And if what if we're bringing this information to our listeners for the first time? Well, exactly, and that's what we have to count on. You know, is that we open up the space and the people that need to hear us and show up is perfect timing. And you know, at the end of the day, we you know we ran our shift program. We have run our Mindset Matters program, which we'll talk about at the end. If you want to join us for a uh, our monthly uh, calls, uh, you can register for Mindset Matters. It's really inexpensive. And once a month, we get together in a group and have these conversations. Now, let's get started. And let's start by saying this is one that I love, which is, you know, part of our own growth and part of success and part of being the best you can be is first uh, being willing to look really stupid yeah, to, to but, look really dumb yeah. and show embrace up. failure yeah <laughs> but well it's not just even embracing failure it's interesting i um had a conversation i did a podcast with uh jadine ferreira and you know she is a coach the same thing is that you know we talk about judge sports or we talk about something that's really interesting about figure skating for example around that is that you're being judged. You're standing in the middle of ice, as she points out, half naked because you got the skimpy little dress or whatever on. It could be men too, but they're not wearing dresses. Okay, how? I don't, I don't even know where I go. Little outfits. That. <laughs> little outfits. The point is, you're in the middle of an arena, 360 degree view around you, and you've got to perform. And along the way, you're being judged for all of it. And, uh, you know, you, in that learning, if, what she really pointed out is that you're always falling down. You're always crashing and burning in your practices and all the things that get there. So pretty soon failure just is not even that it's just, this is the process that you go through and what it teaches kids is resilience. Now as adults, if you didn't have that background, and I know that 
for me, it was a it's it, it still will get in my way sometimes is the willingness or the lack of willingness to look dumb. You know, the ego gets in the way there and you're a little bit afraid to ask the stupid question. If that's a, you know, if that's a thing. If that's a thing. I was really fortunate. You know, I had, for example, with the skating experience and the hockey experience, I'm falling down, getting back up again. And, you know, I remember just growing up being a teenager and my skin was so bad. I had massively bad acne, for example. So as I'm out there skating, knowing that not only am I wearing a very skimpy dress, my skin is like my acne so bad mm -hmm. that it looks blue, right? Mm -hmm. On the, on the ice. Cause and you're in the cold. I, plus you're in the cold. Yep, yep. Exactly. Right. Sure. Yet my mom and dad were standing there clapping mm -hmm. and telling everyone how beautiful I was. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It was amazing to know that I looked like this poor pock-faced teenager wearing with boobs that were way too big and a dress that was way too small and still being willing to go out there and fall down and get back up again. So when I look at resilience and, you know, I have to just give myself a prop for a second is that that's the kind of stuff that I went through. Yeah. So when I'm coaching this stuff and I'm in with my clients, I'm coming from a place of authenticity. I'm not coming from a place of this is what you should do. I'm coming from a place of I have been through a little bit of hell and back, a little dark night of the soul stuff, not just physically, mentally, and emotionally, but also on a place of being judged harshly, mm -hmm. physically, from what I could do and how I looked. So what, you know, when we talk about the a judged sport, if people haven't actually been through a competition or sport where they've had to rip themselves open to show who they are and what they do, then where where does that resilience live? Like we look now at a society with kids that are all been given red ribbons because they participated. Mm -hmm. Like I look at that and go, how would I then trust them going forward? Is that a lawyer that I want to represent me? Is that somebody that... No, that's a good point. You know, so, so what are we doing right now? So we look at history and we're removing some of the things that the we know work th that we know work like being a slave for example mm -hmm. you know look at back. we're not suggesting you should be a slave no, don't be a slave <laughs> i mean actually that's a whole nother podcast but ultimately when we look at what we have had to do to become who we are you know there's a place where we have to slow down and be humble and say okay do i have the credibility and today at this point when i'm working with my clients you know yes i do Okay, so the point of this particular this particular point is where we want to get to with it is understanding that in, you know to go to a next level of ever anything you have to be willing to fall down or fail, look bad or look bad look dumb ask stupid questions uh, not look smart in the moment. And if you're willing to do that, that's where the learning is. And if you're not willing to do that, it actually prevents you or limits your growth in terms of your learning. So it in in the in the world of judgment and in the world of you know we use the example of playing a sport where you're being judged and you're falling down, you're failing all the time. You're learning resilience. And uh, you know the question you ask yourself is, where have you been trained in being resilient? You know, and if you're finding that you don't want to look dumb, you're embarrassed or you have shame around it, you need to go one level deeper and ask yourself the question, you know, where where was I lacking some resilience training? Where was I allowed to quit? 
You know, mm, where was I allowed, you know, or where would I just, where did I just not refuse to fail, you know, and, or, and I don't mean refuse to fail as in perseverance, refuse to fail as in, no, I'm not going to fall down because I don't want to look bad. So you walk away, you don't even do it. But that's what's so interesting. That to me is where you give up on yourself. Yeah. And, you know, I was not raised to give up on myself, mm -hmm. you know, and when I would fall down, it was like, get back up, right. dude. Well, think about, you know, we go back to even the conversation around Marcus Aurelius or Seneca or uh, Epictetus is that those guys went through hell back there, you know, in, in, in those times, you know, they fought battles, they went through plagues, they didn't know what they were doing. Uh, I mean, it was, it's a really interesting history to uh, read about and it applies today. And, you know, as we, as technology makes things easier, as we look at how, uh, well, technology makes things easier. Social media makes things more difficult because it looks like everybody on whatever TikTok or YouTube or whatever platform is out there is being awesome, right? And because there's that moment in time and you can't, I don't think, I don't, I don't, I say this, I think that if you're watching it and you're being in it, you can't help compare yourself and know that you're not or judge yourself as not that great. You're not looking at that going, yeah, it's bullshit. You're looking at it going, I can't do that where I want to do that and I can't do that. So those are problems in those kind of uh, social media platforms, but we digress off the topic here. Okay, we're going to keep moving on. Are we done there? Yeah, that was awesome. Okay, so next thing that we want to look at, this is one that I really have got to over the years, and that is what can we control and what can't we control? So, you know, is is this up to me or is it not up to me? So what do I have any kind of power over? And the reality of it is we've shared this on the podcast before, not in any depth, but we look at it and we have these um, beliefs and we get caught up in dramas, you know, where somebody, you, you know, we can actually be. So the point of what can you control, what can't you control is what gets in your way, what gets you fired up, what takes your energy. And I'm not talking about physical energy, uh, but I'm talking about mental and emotional energy. And what do you have control over? I, you know, we joke about it all the time. Uh, fired up Francie when it comes to politics. In a moment, I can get really pissed about what the hell's going on in this world and the politics. But I also let it go pretty quickly, knowing that there's very little I can do. I'll vote. Okay, got it move on. You know, there's not much else I can control around that. I could stay in the drama and the jag of it. Right. And that's very addictive for many people. Mm -hmm. And I think what, you know, what's inter interesting when I think about the athletes, for example, at national championships, you know, they're, they're, they're there, they've trained, they've done everything they can. They're present. There's certain things they can control, which is their mood, their mindset. Um, their environment. Some of them went off and, and stayed in Airbnbs instead of the host hotel so that they could manage their environment and manage their food and get groceries and, and just take care of themselves. And one of the things we've really done, and it's really important to me in my work, is that every single individual has a different need. Mm -hmm. So create your environment around your need set. It's like a mindset, only I call it a need set. Mm -hmm. What are your needs? Like the teams that we worked with, for example, this weekend in, in Nashville, there's three different teams, four actually, because the one from Ice Academy Montreal in London, Ontario was there. So there's four teams and they all had different needs. Mm -hmm. So when, but if you clump them all together and say, just because you're ice dancers and you're competing at your national champions, you should all do this. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not true. 
Like we have different needs. So if we identify what that need set is, then we can then dig into it and then decide, okay, what can I control? I can control the temperature in my room. I can control when I go to bed, when I eat, what I eat. What can't I control? Like I can't control the weather. Mm-hmm. I can't control the snow in Nashville for the first time in forever. I can't control the judges. I can't control what other people are doing and the gossip and the things that are going on. So then we don't focus on that. You can't control that. And people that are focusing on that, we call that an energy leak. Mm-hmm. And I've invited the skaters all the time. So, you know, when the minute you sense that there's gossip, pull yourself out. It's an energy leak. The minute you sense that somebody else is judging or or trying to pull you out of your own bubble, move away. Mm-hmm. And or if they're talking and rambling and, and being all over exuberant, that's an energy leak. Take that energy and walk away. But this is right. So this is a great conversation because when we talk about what you can control, what you can't control is and where do energy leaks live? Energy leaks live in, okay, so somebody says something bad about you and you hear about it because it's a gossip. And the next thing you know, you're fired up and you're, you know, you're angry or you're sad or whatever you got going on. And really you've got zero control of any of it. You know, it's like the, it's like that little, you know, that little meme or cliche or whatever it is, is, you know, your opinion of me is none of my business. Right. And I don't want to hear about it. And, and because it becomes an energy leak. And so we have to look at those energy leaks. And part of it is, is that if we step back from it and look at a situation and ask ourselves the question, okay, this really pisses me off or this really, whatever it does, there's an energy leak there. The way to recalibrate is to ask yourself, what do I control? And what can I control? And you know what you talked about with the athletes, they knew going into it that they wanted to create an environment that they could control. But the point is, is stuff happens in life that you can't control. And it's easy to get caught in it and have that energy leak. And if you have an energy bank, which we all do, there's only so much energy we have, where do we want to put it? And the thing is, is that remember is that the past is gone, for example. You know, people like to live in the past, tell stories about the past and be uh, upset about the past. That's a bit of an energy leak. Or how great they were in the past. Or how great they were in the past. That's gone. It's no different than the future's not here, but a lot of time can be spent there. We can't control that. All we can control is really what we've got going on right now. And all we can really control is how we react to any of it. And that's the discipline. And that's the mindset of a champion. I call that the champion's paradox is that how do we enter a conversation, hear and receive gossip or judgment and realize that it has nothing to do with what's true. Okay, next. This is one that you and I have talked about before, which is trust your gut or train your gut. And we talked about this in one of the past podcasts where we said, you know, are we, what did we say? Are we thinking or are we feeling? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are your feelings fooling you? Are your feelings fooling you? That's right. Because we do, we get caught in it. We actually think our emotions are something that we're thinking and it's not. And so we run into that problem. So the question around is that, you know, people say, well, I, I just want to trust my gut. Okay, well, have you trained that? Like, do you really know what that gut feel is? And it's interesting because I've had gut feels that I didn't act on. And then I, you know, in hindsight, I look at it and go, oh, you know, I had a gut feel about it and I didn't listen to it. 
Now, here's the, here's the moment in time, which is, I want to remember what that felt like. Because if it shows up again, I'll know what it is this time, and I'll trust it. And that's the training of it. That is the training because of trusting Because if you haven't gut. trusted it, and it things go south, and, and you go back, and you're constantly saying, oh, you know, I, I had a gut feeling around that, and then it's just an excuse. Yeah. But if you're training it, and you're being aware of it, and mm-hmm. every time it happens, and you make a better decision in that moment based on that whether it's a gut reaction or something that shows up for you. I call it my intuition. I trust myself deeply. I I have had to over the years because I've made decisions that are so not popular when it comes to business or the things that the decisions that I've made about moving, you know, my, our businesses forward or what I've done in, in, in sport and in skating, trying to shift and change an industry that is so based on and, and, and grounded in, in in historical um, things that are not super healthy. So I've really committed to doing and staying true to my values. And Mm. that's the thing about trusting your gut is that you have to identify and know what you stand for. So that's a, but it is trained. And so the, I guess the lesson in this that we'd want to share is to make sure that when you're saying, I just, I'll go with my gut, just be really aware that if you go with your gut, and it turns out to be wrong, know that it was probably you were going with your emotion. Or your ego. Or your ego. And and if it works, awesome. Remember that feeling. If it doesn't work, remember that feeling so that you're actually getting a, uh, a sense of what it really is. So you know uh, next time it happens. Yeah, and that's the history part. Like the mind, mind stretch, mindset history matters. Like the, every time you make the decision, don't blow off the history mm-hmm. of the result. And which is also, you know, tap into the history of others. You know, where is, you know, do you have to go with your gut or is there somebody you can ask? My favorite line is, uh, I think they attribute it to Benjamin Franklin. And I don't know if it's this is true. So it maybe one of our listeners can correct me in the in the notes. We have to learn, quote unquote, quote, we have to learn from other people's mistakes because we don't live long enough to make them all, all ourselves. ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I think, yeah, I think that is Benjamin Franklin. That's true. Okay. And then the other one that we want to hit on is it's a lifelong journey. And that was kind of inspired by a quote uh, that a philosopher, an unnamed philosopher made, which was, as our island of knowledge grows, so too does our shoreline of ignorance. Oh. I, that's so good, right? Ouch. I'm going to say it again. As our island of knowledge grows, so too does our shoreline of ignorance. So the more we know, the more we don't know. The more we know, the more we know, don't know, right? Wow. And the more we know that we don't know, yeah, right? right? It's like I, it's like the older I get, the more the more I realize I know nothing. Yeah. You know, it really is that. So it becomes it's a lifelong journey of learning. It is a lifelong journey of growth. And are you committed to that? And to be humble in it, knowing that you haven't got it figured out. And you know, it's interesting because there are those gurus out there that actually aren't all that humble. It's like, we've got it figured out. I am enlightened. I am the enlightened one. It almost comes across like that, which then, of course, is the first flag that says, yeah, no, that's actually, no, you're not enlightened at all. And so it's uh, it's it's interesting to know that, you know, to do this body of work and, you know, we I think we use the uh, self-discovery, which then I think it was I had an epiphany. Yeah, that day. no, you got to explain your your word that you made up. I made up a word. It was self-uncovery. 
<laughs> I love that because it's not just a discovery. Like you have to uncover, you have to pile yourself yeah. on all the shit that you're underneath, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. And people don't want to do that. I mean, a lot of people don't want to do that. We're kind of there all the time. We're in those conversations all the time. And, uh, you know, because it is to us, it's, it's not a distraction either. I think that's something that, because we take it and say, where can we apply it? You know, we're, we're doing, we're doing the work and we're doing everything we can to apply it in our lives. And, and, uh, I don't know. I don't know where I want to go with that. But at the end of the day, we've learned that the more you learn, as you learn, you realize that what you, you don't know, you, what you don't know. <laughs> I love it. And that shoreline of ignorance gets really big. really big. It just gets really big, right? I, I have a visual in my mind of that. Um, anyways, so up. we won't spend a lot of time on that one. It's just a reminder of everybody is that there's so much to learn and to stay on the journey. And uh, there's the, you know, there is that quote that says, uh, you know, before enlightenment, chop, chop wood, wood, carry, carry water. water. <laughs> After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water, right? It's not like you, you don't get somewhere and go, okay, well, geez, look at all. Geez, the, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. Like, where's there? There's all these butterflies and clouds and, you know, unicorns. <laughs> unicorns. <laughs> Why did you say it at I the same know, time? I don't know, that's hilarious. We're hilarious. hilarious. Okay. Okay, this one I really like. This one was, uh, I don't know if Epictetus actually said this, but it was blow your own nose. I love that. My line with my clients is pay your own phone bill. Like don't expect people to pay your bills. So blow your own nose. I must've known that. <laughs> well, here's the thing about that. You must've known that, but here's the thing about that. We did a, a uh, one of our mindset matters. We talked about a victim mindset mm. and a victim mindset is always blaming something and they often are looking for somebody to save them. And, you know, in the, in the context of blow your own nose, it's like, nobody's going to save you. Get to work, get a Kleenex, get a Kleenex and go find a Kleenex <laughs> and then blow your nose. Nobody's going to do it for you. I can't go to the gym and do your pushups. You know, um, I wish I could, cause I would pay you well. <laughs> If you could do my push-ups right? and I got stronger, holy I cow. Know, right? But that's the fantasy. That's the whole marketing of this stuff, right? I, that's the that's the downside of the, the time that we're living in is that everybody's telling us that they can do it for us. And if you just pay us a little bit more, we're going to do it for you more. Exactly. And you have to rescue yourself, yeah. you know, and that's it. And, and sometimes that means asking for help. Uh, no doubt about it, but it doesn't mean somebody's going to do it for you. And uh, so, you know, we don't need to spend a lot of time on this particular one other than don't wait around for somebody to do shit for you. Like, get it done. Blow yeah. your own nose. And, you know, my mom always used to say is plant your own garden, decorate your own soul. Mm. Don't wait for someone to do it for you. That's great. Love that. Here's one that we need to touch on. And I think it's really great. And that is acceptance and acceptance of whatever the circumstances are. I've had to actually, I, I think this is, this has been a mantra for many years for me. I'm pretty good that way. I think, don't you think? Yeah, I think you are. And, and I think because you, you know, it's the thing. It's the thing. I think it's why I've got wide shoulders and thick skin. Mm -hmm. And, and there's, there's a, there's a, there's a, I don't know what the term is. There's a, um, 
you know, I, like I work hard. I put my shoulder into it. It's like if something shitty's happening, which <laughs> sometimes it feels <laughs> as all there is, uh, I just put my shoulder into it, right? And so there is a part of it where acceptance is, and I am also very philosophical about it. I think you have to be to keep your sanity, which is, well, let's go back to Epictetus, right? He was a slave for, you know, I think more than 30, 30 years. years. And in all of that, he said, I'm here and this is my life and I am here to be on this journey and I will be Olympic class when I come out of this in all aspects of his life. Because, of course, as a slave, you're not only physical, but you're doing a lot of things and mentally you're having to bust through a lot of things. Emotionally, you're dealing with things. I mean, he worked at the palace or whatever they called it back then. And at the end of the day, you know, he looked at it and took it on as that. And so I know that I'm generally pretty good at that is that I look at it and go, you know, something what you know, it goes back to the old cliche of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. There's a song in there, right? <laughs> There's got to be. But the thing that where it, it kind of links for me with myself and my skaters and the clients that I work with is one of the lines that I introduced to them right at the beginning of our work is what you resist persists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? What you involve dissolves. Hmm. That's an SH. I added that. You added that one. That's a good one. What you involve dissolves. And what happens is that's kind of like the lean into it. There's the the woman. I was just going to say that. Yeah, the Facebook former CEOs that like lean in. Like when you you resist something, it continues to push against you and to show up. But when you involve something, it can dissolve. It can can really – and then what's cool – is that you'll be able to see clearly what it is that you've been resisting. Because if you're resisting for no other reason just to resist, mm-hmm. then there's no lesson in it. Well, this goes, well, I, I, it kind of does, but it doesn't. So lean in is great. So whatever your circumstances are, lean in. But there, when what you're talking about resisting, there is a... You know, in in the way of the peaceful warrior, I don't know who said it, but it was in. I don't know if that's the only book that it was in, but the point was is that when you're being pushed, pull, pull. and when somebody's pulling you, push. Yeah, that's sort of the um, the rule of well, that was Socrates in uh, way of the peaceful warrior, but it's also very much a um, <laughs> Socrates Socrates. So great. Watch your cape, dude. Remember that from yeah. Bill and Ted? Okay, we, we, we anyway, digress. Anyway, we digress. Anyway, what's Okay, the next so one? lean in. So lean, lean in. in. Okay. Yeah. And uh, read or listen to Great Mindset Matters podcast. No, that's not it. <laughs> no, read, read. but not, not just random. Like, uh, choose. I read. I listen to a lot. But I, I'm. it really is about, it's not about quantity. It's about the quality and not of what you're reading necessarily, but also the quality of how you read. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know who it was that said, it's one thing to, oh, it, in, in the world of Stoics, being well-read didn't mean that you read a lot of different things. Being well-read meant that whatever you were reading, whatever philosophy, whatever author, whatever you were taking on, you were reading it 
many, many times. Like you were digging into it. So well-read meant that you took on that philosophy. You understood that thesis thoroughly and you embraced it. And as a matter of fact, you went back to it time and time again to test it or to examine it deeper. So it wasn't about the quantity. of And, and in today's kind of world, I think that's a general, you know, when I'm some- I'm going to read a book a day. You know, and, and then somebody's well-read. Yeah, no. And it's not about the volume of books, but it's interesting- and I just want to say, so John D. Martini, who we've talked about many times and uh, had, you know, because he at, we were coached and we, he like tens of thousands of books, but there's a guy who is genuinely, sincerely well-read. Dr. John D. Martini, he just takes that on. Man, does he dig into stuff. And he's uber smart. Like his brain is trained for that. And so he, and you're good that way too. You can read something far, far faster than I can. And I think you're, my comprehension's really good, but my retention of that book is not as good as yours. You're, you retain things. I have to read it twice to get what you get out of it in half the time. So anyways. <laughs> anyway, but... Back to Dr. Demartini is that what we learn from him is that you can be, you can read, but if you don't embrace or understand or dig into what you're learning, then you're not, and it, it really doesn't matter. Um, the speed reading aspects of things are interesting if you're just going for, you know, top level, you know, surface level knowledge. But what I've really enjoyed is being able to slow down. Audiobooks have been really helpful for me mm -hmm. um, because I can listen to them on my own time. I can go back and re-listen, but I do love to turn pages, you know, mm -hmm. and with my clients, one of the last things, you know, one of the, when we're doing a clearing or a closing, I'll ask them, what are you reading? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are you reading right now? I was so annoyed. I asked some staff of our store in Edmonton what they're reading, my, our management team, and they all looked at me blankly. Like, what? <laughs> oh, shit, you guys. You got to read. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, you finished that thought? I did. Okay. So I want to talk about the reading concept of it, but uh, beyond that. So beyond reading it, it is also talking about it. It's discussing it. And, um, you know, the reason I bring that up is because when we look at the work we've done over the years, how many times have we had amazing conversations about it? So really putting yourself and surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals, because we've actually coached couples where we would have one or the other, but not both. Why? Because they're not on the same page, which I always found to be an interesting dynamic, you know, like really but that's really common. It's very common. We're a rare. We're rare in terms of we both embrace doing the work, and we've always been that way. We've been that way since we've been together. Yeah, but we're also not afraid to disagree. Yeah, that's true. Or argue, or have you know interesting and and vibrant conversations about different. Vibrant, vibrant. <laughs> yeah. Is that the same as a heated conversation? That's funny. Come on. <laughs> right. Right. Because I and I think that's what it is about for me is understanding my values, understanding and trying to speak into your values is that I'm not afraid to step out and reach and cross a line that could potentially piss you off, but really standing for that and, and going, you know what, I'm reaching into what I've learned or what I've read or what I've gleaned from this. What do you think? Mm -hmm. What do you think? And if you don't agree, that's cool. We can actually have that discussion. We can. And so we share this in Mindset Matters and it goes back to where we got to when we started with, or where we came to when we started this, you know, there's a, 
Marcus Aurelius said, memento mori, I believe is the term, which was built on, remember that you have to die. And when we look at that, if you expand on it, he believed that, you know, you could leave life right now. The philosophy is to let that determine what you do, what you say, and what you think. And sometimes you have to get grounded in that. And uh, so when you're doing this work, that's really what it's all about. It's also about training that thought process so that you make better decisions. So you look at life through a different set of filters. Uh, We always go back to when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change, and that includes life, that includes situations, that includes uh, careers and relationships, you know, but it takes training to do that. So in the context of reading, in the context of surrounding yourself with others, that's great. And it's a perfect segue into where we'll finish this, which is if you like these kinds of conversations, if you want to go a little bit deeper on these podcasts, join us for our Mindset Matters program. The links are going to be in the Everyday Millionaire podcast sessions, as well as you can go to uh, Rain Canada dot com and get on the events page and or info at rain canada or ceo at rain canada there's just no reason not to come and hang out with us <laughs> i know right because uh, we're so fun and, <laughs> and and do the work do the work and surround yourself with like-minded people uh, get engaged with a group of people and uh, we facilitate these conversations they've been pretty fun and they've been pretty cool and very enlightening and it gives you a space to uh, find out that you're not crazy And even if you are, there's a bunch of other crazy people hanging out there too. (laughs) And you know what? There's nothing wrong with stretching and leaning in. And, you know, like you said in a couple of different podcasts is that if you're, if, if it's not painful, like you're not stretching. You're not. So let's, let's stretch together and let's move in. And I'm really excited and we're starting a new um, series and I'm fired up about it and yep we're gonna do it and then in september we're uh, going into another shift program setting honest intentions for transformation it's a very uh cool uh journey of self-discovery if you were interested in doing that we're kicking that off in september you can learn more about that and uh stephanie hanlon francie thank you so much for your wisdom your insights and your uh, sharing thank you hun that was fun ladies and gentlemen Thank you for listening. If you found value in the podcast, please take the time to rate and review and share with others, share with your friends. As it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you, the listener, if you have any comments, suggestions, or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo at raincanada.com. That's ceo at reincanada.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, Patrick out.